0: Welcome back, everybody, to Talking a Bunch of Hoopla, a sports podcast for sports fans. Now, again, I apologize if my AC in the background is a little loud. Uh, it's hot, as I'm sure you all are aware, and it was either you hear that, but then you get a good podcast, or... You get a bad podcast, but there's no AC in the background. So you mean there's sacrifices that got to be made here. Nonetheless, this week, we're recapping the Russell Westbrook trade to the Rockets and talking about maybe Chris Paul's future, whether he's going to the Heat or not, what's going to happen with him. And then we got some football. Very excited, coming back within a little bit over a month now. Cannot wait you know, kind of doing some predictions or so about pretty much two of the biggest name transfers of this last season, and it was... Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma from Alabama. And Kelly Bryant going from Clemson to Missouri. And then briefly talking about the baseball trade deadline. Uh, I know it's not for another couple of weeks, but I figured I'd talk about some strategies for teams and, you know, where teams are looking and what they want to do and things like that and the rumors and all that kind of fun stuff. And then after that, we're recapping Ben Simmons' contract because the dude got paid. Like, it was a five-year, $170 million contract with incentives to make way more than that but we'll get more into that in a second and then finally but sadly talking about the passing of hall of fame boxer pernell whitaker also known as sweet pea is what they called him his nickname in the ring oh he was 55 years old and i'll briefly kind of talk about his accomplishments talk about him in a positive light so that you know you don't look on him you know as your last you know understanding of him and him passing away but more of a A positive outlook on him you know through this tragedy so that's the that's the intro for the podcast right now uh hopefully you enjoy it rate it do all that fun stuff and i'll see you all in just a second for the full podcast thank you So let's just get into it now so the details surrounding the whole russell westbrook russell westbrook sorry i can't pronounce words today again slash chris paul trade are uh, here we go so let's see what we have here so basically, according to Adrian Wojnorski, however you say his name, I call him Woj, it's easier to say that way. Uh, the Thunder shipped Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for point guard Chris Paul in two first-round picks. OKC also owns pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. Um, so here are the breakdown of the picks. 2024 first round pick projected one to four 2026 first round pick projected one to four 2025 swap one to 20 protect protected excuse me uh 2021 swap protected one through four okc can swap clippers pick or heat pick and wow so from reports also that were coming out after the trade you know and all that saying that once i believe it was Kawhi. uh, Paul George was announced going to the Clippers, at the, and you know Russell Westbrook and Harden hopped on the phone. They're like, "Hey, you know we got we got duos popping up everywhere in every city. You want to team up again? Maybe recreate that magic we had the first time. Hopefully, bring a championship this time around." They both said yes. It happened. Now Chris Paul is in a weird spot because I mean he's he's not gonna be a Thunder, at least to my understanding. At the beginning of the season, uh, it seems like he will most likely be at Miami Heat at some point in the near future. Uh, I know there's trade negotiations still going on with that, mainly because of Chris Paul's contract, which I believe he still has a three-year, $120 million contract remaining. So I would imagine the Heat are like, all right, We don't want to deal with it, but we need something in return to kind of like lessen the blow. I know draft picks are kind of the issue at the moment. Uh, Let's see where the article I found says... Um, so according to ESPN's Brian Windhurst, has the details. Miami is reportedly Paul's preference. Uh, when you talk about him potentially going to the Miami Heat, which is his preference, one thing I've been told in the talks, the fact that the Thunder uh, hold two of the Heat's first-round picks in the future, unprotected 2021 and a protected 2023, makes this a difficult conversation because the Heat want those picks back. Uh, the Thunder have expressed an interest in giving one of those picks back, but they would want another pick farther off into the future. So I do think that these teams have have a lot to talk about the he do have Jimmy Butler and you know trying to win now and everything so and uh though they seem to be unwilling to trade for Paul without without assets attached at this point it's looking like Paul will remain with OKC for the foreseeable future and I feel like that foreseeable future will probably be a couple of weeks if that um because I don't think OKC is gonna want to run with him open you know season opener uh, especially because again that contract is pretty much What's hurting this whole thing? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know that if the Heat doesn't work out, I know the other option for the Thunder is to buy this contract, which I highly doubt they want to do. That's probably the last thing they want to do, so a trade is probably their easiest and safest option to deal with it. And so, you know, the Heat could take some of it. You know, Thunder can still deal with it and then go on from there. I'm honestly, I was very shocked to see Russell Westbrook traded so fast. Cause I know there was reports coming out that pretty much as soon as Paul George got you know traded to the Clippers, that OKC was like, all right, you know, we're pretty much in rebuild mode now. Again, I'm paraphrasing when I say this. That they're in rebuild mode, and that it seems like Russell Westbrook deserves a chance to you know play for a team that's going to contend right now, and OKC is on it because they're building for the future, especially with all the picks they have. And, you know, obviously he has a connection to James Harden. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't go to Brooklyn because I don't think they even have a cap space to deal with that. But Houston is, makes the most sense. He's played with Harden. He knows the system. I believe he'll have... He's got a good understanding of Mike D'Antoni's system in Houston. And hopefully he can be that piece that can really help Houston kind of make that, you know, playoff push that they needed last season. Again, though, this NBA season is insane. Uh, now we have more stacked teams than ever before and what I mean if you're not really unsure for some reason what I mean is that before there was the whole thing of the big three you know people you know they had the Boston Celtics back in the day with Pierce you know you had Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and then you had the Heat where you had LeBron D-Wade and Chris Bosh and then you kind of had you know that with uh Katie you know you had Klay Thompson Steph Draymond and all that, and I feel like this duo thing will be a fad for now because you have Kawhi and PG in Los Angeles, you have uh, LeBron and AD in Los Angeles. You obviously still have you know Clay and Steph, the Splash Brothers in OK in and OKC, OK in okay. Golden State. You know Giannis doesn't. I don't. I don't. I guess him and Chris Middleton. I guess him and maybe you know the Lopez brothers now can kind of be like their own big three. I mean because that they're you know they're big guys and they're a good team um you obviously have the Sixers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and I can go on and on and on but it's like you get the point we're in a, they're in a thing now where duos and three you know three pieces are where it's at and I feel like in the future though we're gonna see a team that's gonna be like a Olympic team where it's gonna have just hit after hit in the entire starting lineup which I'm sure will be extremely hard because it's gonna be a lot of players need to take pay cuts which I don't know how people feel about that, but there's going to be like the super team of super teams eventually. I don't know how far in the future that'll be, but I think it'll happen. You know, we'll see like Donovan Mitchell with Ben Simmons, and then you have Luca and Trey, and it's like whatever, and it's like this crazy team that no one came, no one thought would happen, and it's like boom, we got it, and then they win a championship, go 82 and 0 live happily ever after (laughs) will that actually happen i don't know i think it'd be interesting that i call that that would be fun but i it's 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 a fun thought though either way this nba season coming up is going to be one for the books you know i hope everyone stays healthy because as much hype as there is for this season you know stuff like injuries are always you know the nagging issues that always hold stuff like this back i don't know again we'll see how that goes uh when the time comes Now on to football for a second. College football and the NFL are coming back relatively soon. Uh, I know technically college football will come back August 24th with... The Miami Hurricanes versus Florida Gators, which is technically week zero because the season starts a week after that. I'm excited nonetheless. Football is my main sport that I follow. I love it to death. I'm so excited for it to come back. As much as I've really enjoyed, you know, learning more about basketball and talking about it more and all that, but football has always been my love. And the reason I want to talk about it today is because if you follow college football at all, you know about the transfer portal. And to the people who listen to this who don't know college football that well, essentially the transfer portal is... I guess you can call it, like, a free agency for college football, at least in this iteration of it, because a player can enter their name in the transfer portal and then kind of see where they want to go and kind of get re-recruited and things like that to see where they feel best. And usually, the kind of the trend that the NCAA has been doing is that if you're a high marquee name, you'll get automatical. uh, Automatical? That's a fucking word. Uh, It's not. I apologize. I got real defensive there for some reason. I don't know why. You, You know, if you're... A high name like that, you know, of a, you know, you, you have, like, Kelly Bryan, for example. He most likely will be guaranteed automatic eligibility. You know, same thing with Tate Martel coming from Ohio State to Miami. Justin Fields going from Georgia to Ohio State. But yet then you have players who are lesser named just trying to go home or trying to go to a closer school so they can be with family members who may be sick or, you know, need help or any kind of situation that's more personal. And the NCAA has kind of been like, ah, I mean like I I respect that you want to spend time with family and all and like I love that because like you know your family's kind of sick right now you want to spend time with them before like you know whatever like Jalen Hurts and like you're not them you're not those guys you're not we're not looking for you though we're looking for them so like we can't accept that so and that kind of sucks because sure those guys are not obviously marquee names and they're not you know bringing in millions of dollars of revenue and all that, but these dudes who still love the game of football, still want to play, but yet would just rather be closer to home so they can spend time with family or friends or whatever the situation is, and that just makes their lives easier. And you're just, and NCAA is kind of like, yeah, go fuck yourself. But yet, if you're like a, you know, Tate Martell or Justin Fields, and they're like, well, I mean, now we're talking, now we're like... And I know it's some kind of salty saying all this, especially I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and Tate Martell is you know, then the quarterback of the team, which I'm very excited for. That's not what I'm not saying. I'm excited for him, but it's, it shows a little bit of a bias uh, and I get it. And it's, but and to me as a fan, it's kind of like, you know, obviously there's the money factor in it not that like you know players are getting you know i guess money to transfer to these schools but it's like all right it, it shows as a fan that all right now i see what the ncaa like their vision is all right so you want to transfer you know you're a big name player you want to go to a big name school cool because you'll be driving in revenue for us at the end of the day these small guys will not so we don't really care and it's like but yet you get mad at players for accepting some you know some cash and some eh, some cars and some computers or whatever some help from tutors or whatever like eh, Come on, relax. But thankfully, the NCAA is working on players getting compensated for their likeness, uh, which is about time, because NCAA football needs to come back as a video game. That's a whole the conversation. But, nonetheless, on to what I was talking about before I went on this giant rant. Um, Kelly Bryant, uh, former quarterback at Clemson, was supposed to bring Clemson to the promised land of national championships, yet early on he lost his uh, starting position to current national champion Trevor Lawrence, true freshman. Uh, I know Trevor Lawrence is... He, I believe he was a top quarterback coming out of his high school class. Was it him or Justin Fields? I know. I forgot. Some, some of them have him one, too. But nonetheless... Trevor Lawrence took that job and just ran with it, you know, dominated college football, dominated Alabama in the National Championship, while Kelly Bryan kind of had to take a step back and had to reevaluate what he wanted to do with his career, because he's still, he's still a good quarterback. You know, there's obviously teams, of course, like Missouri, who, where he went, that could use his services. And the only thing with Missouri, though, is that they kind of have a postseason ban, at least for a year. Um... It's for a academic fraud committed by a former athletic department tutor. Uh, barring a successful appeal, uh, they would not be eligible for postseason in 2019. Which sucks because, you know, players who had nothing to do with that now get hurt because of that, but that's the name of the game. Uh, last season, Missouri did finish with eight wins. So, you know, not a bad season overall, but could have been better. And I think the, inter- the interesting thing about this, you know, year with... You know, Missouri is that they're not getting like crazy insane insane games for their schedule because you're not playing Alabama you're not playing Auburn you know LSU uh, Mississippi State or Texas A&M so it seems like you know your chance of having a better record looks good because you got you know their first couple games are Wyoming West Virginia Southeast Missouri State South Carolina they have an open date at the moment of this recording I don't know if they added anything yet Uh, Troy Ole Miss Vanderbilt Kentucky another open date Georgia Florida Tennessee and Arkansas to me this looks like a pretty decent schedule. Do I think they can beat Georgia? I don't think so. Uh, I know they lost a lot of people on defense. Uh, even with, like, the SEC games starting in this season with Florida and Tennessee, I think it will be tough games, but maybe it will pull a couple of wins off. But I don't know. I hope with this season it gives Kelly Bryant his chance to kind of hire his draft stock because I'm sure, at least I would assume, that after this season he's going to declare for the draft and all that. And then, But, I again, like I said... I do hope the best for him, because... Uh, it, I would imagine how much it would have sucked to lose your starting position to a true freshman in Trevor Lawrence. But hey, it wasn't like you lost it and the dude was like playing like shit the whole season. Lost it to a guy who a lot of people kind of wished he was able to come out of the, you know, come to the draft this year as a true freshman. That's extremely insane and not really, you know. But again, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't have crazy high hopes for Missouri this year, but they do have some returning offensive players coming back, so that's definitely helpful. Then running back and wide receiver. Receiver position, respectively. Now, Jalen Hurts, I'm a little more intrigued, mainly because he wins the Heisman this coming season. Lincoln Riley has done something that's never done before, at least to my knowledge. And if you're unaware, what I mean is Lincoln Riley is the head coach of Oklahoma, where Jalen Hurts now plays. Former quarterback of Alabama, gonna had a situation similar to Kelly Brown at Clemson, except. Uh, To an extent, Jalen Hurts wasn't performing up to Nick Saban's standards. So, Tua, uh, you know, I'm not going to say his last name because we all know who Tua is. Tagalovia, I think that's how you say I said it kind of fast, kind of excuse that, but uh, he balled out for them his freshman year helped him win a national championship. He obviously took the starting job last year, uh, didn't win a national championship, but got far enough. Jalen Hurts did contribute where he needed and did perform well, but it was very obvious that Tua is going to be the quarterback of the future, for Alabama, and that Jalen Hurts needs a new home. Obviously, found Oklahoma. I think it's a great fit. I think he fits great in that system. And the, my whole point was that originally, I believe it was season, you know, couple of seasons ago, where Baker Mayfield, a current Cleveland Browns quarterback, you know, went to Oklahoma, came eligible that year, won the Heisman, went number one and left. You know, made sense. Went to the draft number one, went number one, made a bunch of money, cool, great. His backup was Kyler Murray, won the Heisman. When number one is in the NFL now. Also, could have been in the major leagues uh, for baseball, but decided uh, I want to take that money now and just go to football. Which I get, but whatever. I'm not going to have to hold the conversation. And now you got Jalen Hurts. Another transfer. Three transfers back-to-back-to-back. And then two back-to-back Heisman winners. Same position. Now can we go three for three? Because if Lincoln Riley put this team around Jalen Hurts... And helped his kid win a Heisman. That is some legendary GOAT status shit, if I say so myself. Because Nick Saban has produced Heisman winners himself, mainly running backs. Quarterback-wise, it's kind of been... You know, not that AJ McCarron or any of the quarterbacks that they've had have been bad. It's just when it comes to Heisman-wise, they've not really been in. But they can produce a running back like a motherfucker. Especially this, you know, this coming draft class with josh jacobs you know going to raiders which is a good pick nonetheless i truly think oklahoma can you know uh hopefully prevail in the playoff because going to you know 0-2 in the playoff not be able to make it to a national championship is upsetting sure maybe this year but again they got to defeat clemson Alabama, and it's like there's a lot of obstacles in the way, but Clemson is looking great, you know, Clemson is the team to beat, especially how they dominated Alabama last, you know, last year, National Championship game, so it'll be an interesting season, especially with all the transfers, like I said, Tate Martell going to, you know, Miami Hurricanes, all about the U, you got Justin Fields going to Ohio State from Georgia, you know, still have returning players, you know, returning, sorry, returning quarterbacks like a Trevor Lawrence and Tua, and you have Jake Fromm, And you have Justin Hubert and things like that. So there, it's it's gonna be a very interesting, very stacked quarterback uh, class coming this year for the NFL draft. And it's gonna be interesting to see how these teams stack up against one another. So now that we talked about some brief basketball and some brief football, I figured right now is the perfect time to jump into baseball. Now the big thing with baseball, baseball right now, excuse me, is the MLB trade deadline, which is July 31st. And now, at least from my understanding with baseball, is that this seems bigger than free agency sometimes. Just see where these dudes go mid-season. So I I found like a couple articles talking about some strategies that some of the teams could use Further trade deadline. Like for example, the first one I see is the Blue Jays. On the article, it's saying that how they should be able to make some trades. So for example, it goes: the rebuilding Blue Jays have two of July's most interesting trade chips in right-hander Marcus Stroman and closer Ken Giles. Unlike so many other notable pitchers on the block who are eligible for free agency this winter, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Wheeler, and Will Smith, Stroman and Giles are under team control through 2020, which should make them a bit more valuable on tra- on the trade market. I know the Yankees themselves are also looking for a pitcher, a starting pitcher as well, like for example. Injuries have played the Yankees all year long, and yet they sit atop the division by comfy six and a half games entering the season's second stanza. Having already added Edwin Encarnacion to a fearsome lineup that should get a slugger uh, Juan Carlos Stanton back next month, GM Brian Cashman is on the prowl for pitching, especially with question marks still surrounding Luis Servino, and Dylan Bet chances. That's as best as I got. You know, people like the Red Sox and you know Rays looking to trade for themselves. Also here, Royals maybe some trading out players. Same thing with Tigers. Things like that. And honestly, as much as I want to get into it, I don't want to rip off this whole article because it's not truly all of my thoughts. But I know at the end of the day, we're gonna see some big trades from the Yankees, uh, Red Sox. Uh, I would imagine also White Sox as well. And see, I want the White Sox to just prosper. Cause they're one of like the time the one of the teams that I always see that's like they're they're never really in the conversation a lot you know they'll have like a good year every so often but a lot of the time they get overshadowed by their you know their brother team in the Chicago Cubs especially with their storied history and things like that you know maybe Chicago White Sox should bring back Michael Jordan you know maybe put him back in the farm system and let him play for a little bit but I mean I know it's not gonna happen because Michael Jordan's like fucking fifty. 50- two years old or some shit, but again, I do hope the best for all the teams in the Major League, you know, hopefully they can get what they want by the trade deadline, because if not, I'm sure once the offseason starts, maybe the trade that you want and things like that, so, um, I'll have, uh, next week, I'm sure there'll be more updates to the trade deadline and things like that, so I'll update you guys then, I wish I had more to say, I don't want to really talk out of my ass when it comes to these, you know, trades and act like I know what's been going on in baseball because I've missed a lot this season, so... I just want to be honest with you guys want to be transparent if there is any you know trades that you're interested in or you know trades you'd like to happen feel free to message me on twitter at talking hoopla or on instagram at talking a bunch of hoopla you know we can discuss i can get your advice you can get my advice we can you know get your expertise get my non-expertise and see where we link up now back to basketball for a second uh i want to talk about ben simmons For a second, if you are unsure who Ben Simmons is, he is a uh, guard in the NBA who plays for the 76ers, who recently uh, just got a five-year, $170 million deal, which is insane. That's a max contract, of course. Um, But there are some things in the contract from reports that make this even more insane. So, this is from Sports dot yahoo dot com talk about the ben simmons contract of course the exact value of simmons contract extension won't be determined until the salary cap is set next year that's when the extension kicks in uh the current projection has it worth about 170 million over five years if simmons makes an all-nba team next season it could be worth 20% more bringing the projected total to about 204 million and then whether simmons gets the full bump if he makes the all-nba team was a matter of negotiation between him and philly Uh, they could have agreed to pay different amounts depending on whether he makes first second or third team also he can trigger the Supermax uh, contract by winning MVP or Defensive Player of the Year next season. Again, contingent on the terms of the extension. Um, I know there's not enough information fully out yet to go into the contract, at least to my understanding. Dude is 22 years old and is about to make possibly upwards of $200 million. If not more in like endorsements, all types of shoe deals and things like that. It's like, athletes get fucking Paid. And I get it. And it makes sense because these athletes drive in way more money than that in merchandise and ticket sales and all types of other branding for the team and all that so these players deserve it but it's still insane where this money just comes from and i understand the nba is a billion quadrillion babillion zillion dollar business so it does a lot and it's gonna and it's going up as the years progress but like damn he's getting paid more than some of the top players in the league and and the dude doesn't even have a jump shot that's amazing like that's it's very impressive so, good for him. Congratulations, to I know some people don't like the idea. Um, Some people just see him as, you know, someone that just dunks a ball or they think they're kind of reaching for this. Um, But he's still a good player, nonetheless. You know, he helped bring Philly to the playoffs as well as Joel Embiid did last season as well. I'm very confident that with this contract extension, it's going to ease his mind make that part of his life easier and now can just focus on balling, you know, helping you know, Philly win an Eastern Conference final, you know, hopefully beating uh, the Bucks. even though Toronto's not much of a problem at the moment, obviously, you know, the Magic are kind of a team that's going up and up. Uh, you have the Heat now, obviously, with Jimmy Butler and possibly Chris Paul. I think the Knicks, and again, this is a hot take, are an extremely super sleeper team. I don't think they have this amazing team around them, but I think for what they got, you know, and who they have already around the team, you know, I mean, it's like RJ, Mitchell Robinson, and so on and so forth, Kenny Knox, that it's like you're built. You're bringing in good veteran pieces to help these young guys progress into better players. And I think having RJ as the face and that, you know, surrounding him with good veteran players so they can bring the team up. Obviously, he's not Zion, but he's still, in my opinion, the second best player coming out of this past draft class. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And finally, and sadly, I'm going to be talking about the passing of former uh, lightweight, light, Welterweight, welterweight, and light middleweight uh, champion Pernell Whitaker uh, passed away a couple days ago due to a car accident, I believe. Uh, he was only fifty-five years old. Let's see, the Ring, which is you know a boxing kind of media company, uh, ranked him tenth in their in their list of the hundred greatest fighters of the last eighty years in two thousand six. In, in that article, they ranked him ten out of the top one hundred, and then in two thousand six. He was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in his first year of being eligible which is extremely impressive uh his record at the time uh when he retired is he has 46 total fights 40 wins 17 wins by ko four losses one draw one no contest and the thing with those and those thing with those losses excuse me came toward the end of his career uh his last four fights oh for three and one and the one is was no contest because originally it was unanimous decision but he failed a drug test after he got tested after the fight so it became a no contest but then he lost, excuse me, to Oscar De La Hoya by unanimous decision, Felix Trinidad by uh, unanimous decision, and then was TKO'd by Carlos Borroquez, I believe, in the fourth round. 2001. So, dudes has been out of the game 18 years. I mean, for a while, he was on a winning streak. I mean, from what? He went on a 15-fight winning streak before he had his first loss and then went on an, went on another, I think, is a 19-win streak? So, you know, he's considered one of the greatest of all time, uh, especially in his era. He also did win the silver medal in the light divi- lightweight division at the 1982 World Championships, followed by gold at the 83 Pan American Games, in the 84 olympics so their dude is a known winner and from you know kind of the response after all you know his his death being announced and all and all online and everything uh, a lot of just like the boxing community and i know some of the mma community uh have praised prenell whitaker for you know how talented he was i was not familiar with him before i heard about his passing uh i'm not the biggest boxing fan myself so there's a lot of people in that world that i'm not uh aware of but I do give respect for boxing 100%. Growing up, I did. I would watch like the free fights on ESPN and things like that. It was never for me, but I would still. In, I'd still find it interesting. I would obviously still play, like many of us did as kids, the Fight Night uh, video game series, which is a boxing uh, video game. If you're aren't, unaware, aren't sorry, are unaware. I can't talk properly today at all. You know, it's always shitty to see someone of any kind of profession or any age go out in a car crash or anything like that anything where like it just could be preventable by somebody else you know but again things happen and things happen for a reason i believe my condolences go out to him his family his friends and all that because i'm sure i would imagine they're going through a serious rough time right now sorry to correct myself uh he was crossing the street in virginia beach at the intersection of northampton boulevard and baker road when he was struck by a vehicle and killed he was in a car crash i do apologize and correct myself so there's that which kind of makes me feel worse now that he was killed by someone while he was just trying to fucking cross the street oh <sighs> but again back-to-back weeks of you know athletes passing and you know these are at the end of the day still normal people and death is still a normal part of our lives and it sucks that, that is a thing but you know it's one of those things you kind of really can't worry about until you know Already happening by then, you won't even know it happened. So, um, kind of off topic for a second. On a lighter note, I'm gonna be start. I guess I'm gonna be start. I'm gonna be starting a series on my YouTube channel, some internet show of my, I guess, weight loss journey or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I don't like to call it a journey because it sounds kind of corny. But I'm at a point in my life now, being twenty five, where I need to take my health very serious because uh, I don't want to be, you know, in my thirties or forties still. Struggling with my weight, still being overweight and also um, I'm going to be, you know, I guess vlogging, quote unquote, every so often just to track my progress to help hopefully give someone inspiration to make that journey into themselves and to, you know, make the decision to where, you know, they want to better their, you know, health, better their lives, you know, give their future a better chance. And that you know, make the better choices that a lot of us don't really do, who are overweight, because obesity is a huge problem in this country. And how it's being tackled is is it's it's getting there, but there's obviously still more work need that needs to be done. I'd like to hope that I can inspire at least one kid similar to me. You know, whether he's in middle school or high school or or any gender or any you know age or whatever race whatever. Because I remember growing up that I had such a huge kind of issue with my weight. I still do now, obviously, and just a lot. of it with confidence and just how i felt about myself and all my negative opinions on myself I was so hard on myself because of it that hopefully with this series i guess i'm gonna start doing that can give you know that kid some confidence to be like hey yeah sure i'm overweight but i can still own it and still you know make the right choices every day to you know better myself and give myself a chance to live a long and healthy life instead of it coming to an end shortly because of your weight like it has for many people you know before and many people and you know into the future that's kind of all i got like i said check out my youtube channel some internet show for that uh if you want to message me on my socials for like sports you know talk whether you think i'm dumb what do you think i'm right what do you like my opinions or not any suggestions you want to give me on twitter it's talking hoopla on instagram it's talking a bunch of hoopla thank you for taking the time to listen to this if you got this far i'd appreciate it if you shared it with all your friends and family uh you can listen to this on itunes spotify youtube anchor uh third party apps that also host podcasts of course uh, wherever podcasts are sold and i thank you and i will see you all next wednesday